bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Welcome to After Things. I'm Andrew Maine, joined by Justin Robert Young. Yeah! Brian Brushwood. It's true! We have to talk this way the entire show! Yeah! <laughs> oh, that's the only thing you say the entire time? Yeah! <laughs> uh, hey, man. So what's what's the latest in your world? Let's start the latest you guys' world. First, uh, Justin's got a new upgrade to the contender. We just talked about that in the end of Weird Things. We'll talk about that the head of After Things and part of his goal of providing a contender experience that goes on and on and on. They've released an expansion pack that's like designed if you're a teacher and you want to teach you know, political science to your kids at a Christian school or something like that, <laughs> this will get you fired. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, you got curse words. You got yeah. all of the, the, yeah. the flubs and uh, gaffs. Because this is about the behind the scenes of the behind the scenes, uh, we, but these, uh, we, we were making these kick, uh, Kickstarter exclusives not because we had some uh, grand plan on restricting supply and then making you know, a, a big push or whatever for it. It was because we only had enough money to run X amount of these. And, and, uh, you know, considering we still got another 2016 expansion coming out, uh, later in the year, we just didn't have like, this was literally just something that we thought we were only going to be able to make a little bit, uh, or a, a limited amount of, uh, we wound up through like the literal one silver lining, of uh, a few massive screw ups um, in our supply chain uh, was that a bunch more of these wound up becoming available than we thought we were going to have. And so now we have a, a, a supply to do it. It is limited. We only, you know, we're, we're not running these ever again or unless they are just gigantic sellers, right? But uh, as of the plan right now, we just had a bunch of these sort of land in our lap. And figured, you know, it was it was a question for us on like, you know, we don't want to we, we, we want to respect Kickstarter and we want to respect our Kickstarter backers. We told them it was going to be an exclusive and then there was going to be a reward for getting in. So we just had this, you know, the, the question of how do we reward the Kickstarter backers? How do we continue to make uh, keep our promise to them, knowing that the next time we want to do a card game, that's e- going to be the easiest place to make sure that it happens and we want to continue our relationship with people and make sure that they're happy with the entire process. But, you know, it's no BS that the biggest feedback we've gotten is when are these going to be available for people that buy it on Amazon or buy it on our website, uh, you know, and didn't back it last summer, you know, when we, when we had it on sale for a month. So, uh, so this is our, our, our solution is, is to put it on sale for a week and, uh, try to really push it as hard as we can and, and get it out there for everybody. And, uh, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see whether or not, you know, where our supply is past that. But I think there's there's a fairly good chance based on how well they're selling so far today um, that we're not going to have a ton, uh, you know, past that. Or if we do, if we do ever sell it again, it'll be in very short supply. So, so this is at the contender.us. Yeah, I, I would like to just give you a URL, but Bryce, I don't know if you can. You might probably have the URL bar cut off in that in yeah. that window capture, but for whatever reason, the the URL is Bernie Sanders bag puppet. 
Yeah, you got uh, You have to go to buy the game and then the catalog, and you'll see it there. But it, yeah, right, so yeah. these are what forty bucks, right? Forty bucks, right? Uh, ten bucks for the expansion. What, what, ten dollars for the expansion pack. Oh yeah. Gonna, hey, uh, do, do do you want to talk a little bit about the behind the scenes of what made this possible? Because I think it was a really interesting case. As you know, on the creative aspect of things, you took yeah, what normally we're, we're would be a disaster. We're still in the process. Like you know, it's the same reason why I haven't written the like how we raised one hundred and forty thousand dollars and then wound up spending one hundred and eighty thousand uh, dollars post, which which is half written and will remain half written until we actually figure out you know everything. But. I want to wait until things are totally settled. Uh, you know, until then, we will euphemistically say that there was an issue in our supply chain. And and fair enough. You know, uh, we'll we'll eventually figure it out. But I mean, uh, this this was certainly unexpected. And uh, if you don't have it, man, again, these are some of my my absolute favorite uh, cards in the game. And and they only got cut from the main deck just because we. You know, we, we saw an opportunity to make this family friendly, for which I was I'm thrilled that we did, considering how many fathers and and, and daughters and sons and everything uh, are, uh, are are playing together and and tweeting and sharing about it. Oh, so. dude, no doubt. I, I realized that uh, I think we were going to play like with with my daughters uh, playing the base game because it, again, it's like you know they they may not know any of the candidates or may not even care that all of the cards come from actual quotes they said, but they know how to combine things in a funny way and uh, and make everyone else laugh at the table. Brian. Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, and then when they go to sleep, uh, play with the politically incorrect, or just do it with the politically incorrect because <laughs> why not? They gotta learn sometime. In front of your and talked in front of your daughters, they probably know all the words anyway. Me- meanwhile, Brian, you look uh, your skin looks good, studio looks well lit. I'm getting some good image quality, some sound. I'm, I mean, I'm, 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 am I? Wait, wait, wait. Am I watching a 4K stream on broadcast television? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, not even close. You're watching a 720p stream that's finally running at, uh, I think, very few or zero dropped frames on there. Um, you look stunning. I'm actually caressing you, your face you right now, yeah. and it's smooth. We did. Uh, we finally did a long sought after upgrade to get a more powerful PC in here to do the switching, and uh, we were able to shuffle some stuff around. And as uh, just as an excuse to uh, to take advantage of this, when we originally built this studio in my spare bedroom. We built it for me to be the only person doing anything. So the person who was switching was also the focus. Uh, and then once we started taking advantage of Bryce's talents, uh, all of a sudden I had to stick in the in the corner, and we got a very uninspiring shot. And so that's me in the corner. We took we took this we took advantage of the opportunity to completely break everything down. We removed some panels from from the side. We got it back to where we took out the ill fated air conditioning unit. Uh, it took what about a little over a day, right? Uh, maybe day and a half, two days. Uh, but now we actually have a place where we could do a roundtable with four people in here. Where previously there was room for one person, maybe two, if they were sitting on each other's laps, as Justin and I would do sometimes. And uh, it, it is astonishing what a difference it makes. And so if if you look over here, we we even have a, a little video village for uh, Bryce to do the live switching from. It uh, makes a huge, huge difference. And again, all of this is home studio just out of my spare bedroom. We're going to soundproof the doors next. And then uh, uh, and what about the lens? Oh, yeah. And then uh, one of the biggest differences also is that because I'm farther away, we have a wider variety of lenses available. The lens, if you're watching the video right now, has a very kind of a greenish, yellowish uh, tone to it, even though the this is this is as close to normal view that we could get, but this is the most um, diverse 
lens that we have, whereas one camera that's very far away, we're able to use this 50 millimeter lens and you can see that it's got the shallow depth of field where I'm in focus, but the background is blurred and the color tone looks a lot more natural. Uh, it's, it's really, really great. Uh, JC Calhoun is asking if we're going to get the puppy, the puppy being some kind of external studio space. Uh, that's still in the cards down the road. We're keeping our eyes out looking for an opportunity, but for right now, we now have a viable space where we can accomplish a lot more stuff just by, uh, just by working with what we have. So I know, great. I mean, uh, this was at least in part inspired because you got a new uh, beast of a, of a streaming PC, uh, you know, one of the, the trio that you use for streaming. Uh, it, was there anything else that, because uh, I didn't know you were totally tearing apart the entire, uh, the entire studio. What changed? Um, ma- mainly just the acknowledgement that, that Bryce isn't going away <laughs> and, that, uh, and that it's better for us to evolve the studio to suit the fact that we now have a dedicated TD person. And so uh, we saw a chain going from the video village yeah, yeah. to his ankle in that shot, that wide shot. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you the nice thing, because also we knew that we were going to have to set up new presets for everything once we had the new computer anyway. So it was sort of this cascade thing was like, well, if we're going to set up a brand new computer, we're going to set everything up on the same type of preset so that we have a template that works for night attack, for weird things, for uh, for cord killers and so on. And if we're going to do that, we might as well change the shot so it doesn't look like Brian's wedged into a corner. Let's change the lighting. Well, if we're going to do that, why don't we, you know, not why don't we move the TD guy from the center of the room off into the corner? And then, you know, before I knew it, it was like, uh, hey, Bryce, why don't you come over and let's spend all day tearing stuff apart. And I got to tell you, so far, I'm very, very excited about how everything's looking. Yeah, I mean, just from back here, uh, everything, the new computer is incredibly smooth. We're using the window capture stuff that Justin uh, tipped us off to and things are running not are running really smooth and are actually pretty um uh, 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 there, there are a lot of like software advantages beyond just like lower resource load. Uh, it's it's really great to like to to be able to stretch. Like if I have to just stretch, in yeah, the middle yeah, of the yeah. Show, you're not going to be in I a don't shot. Have to, like, <laughs> like get into a real weird contortion angle. Uh, we also great. we also changed where programming <laughs> elements go. You look great, Andrew. You're looking good. I've I've made some changes around here too, guys. Okay, I just want you to know. <laughs> We've also changed like where programming goes. So we we're trying to think in terms of like when two or three people are in the room and they want to look at the Skype guest. Will it make sense? And so we're I, I think Bryce has made some fantastic artistic decisions in that mm. regard. Thank you. Well, all right. So, so here's the, 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 the big question because I think it probably deals the most with growth. Uh, you built that studio because like you want, like I think the way that you first described like BB Live Show to me is like, hey, you want to know what? It would be a lot more fun for me on Friday and Saturday night to hang out with all my friends on the internet and grab a six pack than try to meet my friends downtown in Austin uh, uh, at a bar. It was a very personal kind of uh, uh, expression. And you switching and learning Wirecast and VidBlaster and all the different programs that you use was a, a, a artistic expression for you that went through BB Live Show to NSFW Show to Chord Killers and everything else, weird things included. Uh, was there, what was the evolution personally for you to say, hey, you want to know what? Let me let go of that element of it, that technical switching artistic element of it to, to Bryce and, and focus on, on the, in front of the camera and, and continuing to evolve as a, 
on-air host. Uh, I, I think it boil. It all goes back to Patreon. Once we started getting paid for it, and it was a real gig, because even even when we were getting paid at the Twit Network, it wasn't you know the, the kind of money that makes you feel like, well, I've got to start really upping my game and looking more yeah. professional. Uh, if you know, now we're in a world where something like Weird Things could scale into a television show, and if that's going to be the case, let's start making it look more and more like it, so that we, uh, we, we, you know, we we have people who are paying money and they deserve the maximum uh, quality of presentation we can give them. And it's not maximal, you know, it's distracting on the content side of things. If I'm paying attention to a bug or trying to fix a thing, where whereas you know, we hired Bryce to be our producer, so let him produce. Let him produce. But anyway, uh, thank you to everyone. Speaking of the patrons who have made it possible to justify these upgrades, uh, it's it's it continues to be an evolving and very very exciting uh, experience. Uh, it uh, you know we're we're still learning things and figuring it out, but it is it is my hope that all all of this will only make possible so many more exciting adventures. I have uh, two quick questions um, just to throw out there, throw to you guys. Uh, I was thinking about maybe doing another podcast, like maybe one that's more focused just solely on space stuff mm-hmm. to maybe sort of offset some of the stuff we cover here. I think we'd still do that, but I certainly, it's just like every, every episode, there's so much going on there. And, and also it kind of coincides. I have a new series of books coming out that take place like in low earth orbit and space and stuff. And it might be kind of a just throwing out there. Seeing the response. Uh, oh, dude. Hey, yeah. listen. Hey, listen. Number one, uh, as a guy who started a politics podcast just as he was releasing a political <laughs> thing, I think that that's a very sound, pro- a very sound idea. Uh, yes, and as a guy who hosts a magic podcast just as he launched an entire online portal selling magic products, I think that's a great idea. Hmm. All right. So I think that's something I'm going to probably be doing the next couple of weeks is figuring that out. And also like doing something like bringing in guests and stuff like people who actually – because, you know, we're, we're, we're ha- happy that people are happy to listen to us talk about this stuff. But there are people who are actually knowledgeable too sometimes. So we can bring that in. But uh, I'll let you know where, where that's going to that, which ties into my thing. I have a new book, a new book. I, a new- I'm sorry. Who had the over-under on 20 minutes between books? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I got that else too. And I want to get some beta beta readers. Beta, beta. Uh, Been working on a coding project with an Australian, so I start saying beta. Beta. Uh, uh, So I want to get some beta readers. Beta readers. (laughs) Good eye, Mike. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll spoil, so you should wrap them in aluminum. (laughs) Aluminum. Oh, my God. Um, Beta. I need some beta readers. And uh, if you uh, anybody here, this is a book that's kind of like Gravity meets uh, The Born Identity. It's an action space thriller, sort of the launch of a series. The second one's already written. Third one's being written right now. It's a lot, a lot of space techie sort of stuff, but a lot of like man on the run kind of stuff. And it's set within you know the next five or ten years. It's basically what happens when you have fully reusable rockets. What happens when the space age starts to take off, and uh, what's that going to be like? So You're a beast. You are a beast, sir. Uh, uh, let me just say, I read this book. This book is rad. And there, there's a few, I mean, like, like if, if you enjoyed Public Enemy Zero, this is uh, certainly evocative uh, of, of uh, a, a similar story, but with far 
I think, greater and grander implications in terms of the universe because it is something that is, uh, you know, far more kind of at our doorstep right now. Uh, and yet it doesn't relinquish its kind of freewheeling, anything can happen, this, this problem can get bigger, it can get smaller, it goes from uh, gigantic and global to very personal. Uh, it, it is a hell of a ride. I would, if you like Andrew Main stuff, then I would suggest go ahead and uh, and getting in on this beta. So all you have to do is email me at andrew at andrewmain.com and say beta, and I'm going to send it to you in Kindle format. It's going to be Kindle format. It's going to be the only format it's going to be in, and I will send you a copy for free to get, and I want your notes. I'll send you, I'll probably next today or tomorrow, I'll send it to you, and I'll also send you a link to a Google spreadsheet or form. So you mean spots? I also need. I need you guys to help me find all the 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 grammar, all the spelling mistakes, all those other things that it's going to be filled with. And it's a big book. I mean, it's big, but it's it's like eighty six, eighty seven thousand words. So it's not a huge novel, but I mean, that's still it's not a short one. Right on. Uh, you want to do quick picks? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna punt on this one. And I've you've previously heard me mention one of the most influential books I ever read that helped me define my brand, or or at least think to define my brand Mine, as Tom. as yeah, I got Tom. started. <laughs> and it was uh, the origin of brands. But there was a book that led me. To that book from the uh, the same authors, Alan Laura Reese, and I believe this one is uh, a whole lot more popular. But if you type in the twenty two immutable laws in Amazon, you'll notice that it um, it auto completes with the twenty two immutable laws of marketing. And I've mentioned before, Alan Laura Reese have in many ways the same advice over and over and over again. Uh, my favorite version of it is Origin of Brands, but that's not the most popular one. Uh, this is, I believe. The uh, the big one. Oh no! I, I guess this is before he started writing with his daughter. This is Al Reese and Jack Trout. It's an older one, but it's uh, it's really really good. Look at that! Uh, the, uh, number one bestseller in industrial marketing, uh, four and a half out of five stars. I think you guys will dig it. I have a pick, and I this has been brought up before, and I'm going to be honest. I didn't finish the book, and it, I didn't finish the book because I kind of got what I needed out of it. And just sort of ran with it. I'll finish it at some point. But I have, since I have a date, I have in, in what you don't see here in my, my, I don't know, I scarcely can call this an office, but my environment here. I describe my apartment as like basically if a raccoon achieves sentience and had a lot of hobbies. That's what my place would look like. Right. But I have, a, I have above, above my computer here, I have one of those like, you know, wall mounting sort of chalkboards where you use a white pin on where I keep track of every book that I've written since I put this thing up there. And I have like future projects and stuff over there. But over in the corner here, I have a date. It says 8-17-15. That was the day that I, that night before, I'd been stressing out about not getting things done, stressing out about just not being able to have enough control over where things were going on my life. Um, and I said, you know what I need to do is instead of staying up late at night panicking is just know that each day that I did whatever I could do. And I need to do that by setting some sort of specific goal I have to do. And I decided that I needed to write every day. And I've talked about this before. I decided I would write every single day. I would not take a day off. I would not come up with some sort of excuse. I would not 
ever, I would do whatever I could. And there were situations where I, I would say, like, okay, there might be some, if like both hands were in cast and I'm in a coma or something, like, yes, I understand that. But that's the level of out that I have to have because I wanted to develop the habit of always of writing and producing every day. And so I set a limit. I said, I said, I have to do at least 2,000 words a day, 2,000 words a day. Since I've done that, I've written since August, uh, I wrote, uh, first full book I wrote was a book called, uh, tentatively called Windstream. I wrote Game Night. I wrote a thing called Alicorn. I wrote the How to Write a Novella. I wrote another book for kids. I wrote a magic book and I did these two books involving the space thing. So I've written eight books of those one, two, three, four, five of those are full novels. Wow. And that's 2,000 words a day. 2,000 words in a day is Doable. for anybody an hour and a half. It's yeah. an hour and a half if you're if you practice writing. So I've written eight books, five novels in that amount of time. Now I'm not going to stop. I'm like, yeah, I could maybe slow down or whatever. But I, I try to get my writing done in the morning so I have the rest of the day. So I'm not – if I don't – if I write at night, I stress all day about what I need to write. But if the first thing I do in the morning is I get up and I write, then the whole rest of the day, I feel like I've already accomplished so much. I feel like – I feel good about, hey, I can go on to the world. So that's been since – it'll have been five months since wow. I started that. Five months. And so next month, if I can keep that up. And there have been times like I went to a wedding in Florida – I was. I drove back. I got into my house in Florida at 3 a.m. exhausted, and I told myself, "You know what? It's okay just to put my head on the pillow." But you know what happens? Because I've done this every day, I feel incomplete. It would. It, I described it, it's like, yeah, it'd be like trying not to pee if you had to. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And it sounds weird. So this came about, and this was a book recommended on one of our podcasts by Brian, and that's "The Power of Habit" by Charles Duhigg. And he gets into and, and this was a thing Brian had reinforced over and over again was how many days that it takes for something to lock in. And the thing that I didn't realize, the thing I didn't appreciate for me, it can't be a thing where I say, oh, I'll do this five days a week or whatever. That intermittent, infrequent reinforcement is all it takes to derail something. So I said every day. And I'm when I hit the six-month mark on this, I plan to try it with exercise or something too in and, and a very realistic thing but to say i'm not going to do a five day a week schedule three day a week i'm going to do a seven day a week schedule doesn't mean i have to do a full workout every day but it means yeah. maybe at least at one point during the day i'll do push-ups or i'll do this or i'll do that but i have seen the results of this in my own productivity in the middle of doing other things and it has been an amazing transformation it has been of all the things that happened last year to me a lot of awesome things a lot of frightening things a lot of weird disgusting, horrible things That's the that we talked podcast. about on this podcast. Yeah. Um, this has been the best thing, been the best thing. It's the best thing that's happened to me in like forever. So, Dude, that's fantastic, man. Congratulations. I, and I had a taste of that when, uh, when we were doing the hardcore eat to live diet, there was something so refreshing about the black and whiteness of it. Like, no, there's no cheat days. There's no whatever, you know, it's like, you're going to do this every day, every meal. You're going to eat, uh, this, this wheatgrass. And we're creative because we're creative. We rationalize, we'll come up with excuses. And, and I, I have some friends who get it. I have some friends that don't. A couple, like two years ago, I sat down with a friend of mine, Melanie Avalon, uh, type her name into Amazon, and we went to dinner, and I explained to her my whole theory about writing and this. And this was before, but just about just other people talk, other people do. Don't make excuses. Just do that. Melanie last week had the number one book on paleo dieting. Wow. If you look at the back of the book, you will see that Melanie uh, said a certain thanks to a certain person here. 
who, uh, you know, sat down and told her everything I knew about writing. And she's super bright, super brilliant, and talented girl. And she went and ran with it. But uh, it's also on Audible, too. So that uh, is awesome. That's for me. It was like, like, Brian, you you mentioned this book habit. You talked about what it did for you. I listened. I listened and it affected me. And so good passing deal. it on. Paying it forward. All right. I got to get ready for Cord Killers. Yeah. It's been after. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>